This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today... Well, today I am absolutely delighted to welcome Kathleen Robertson to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Seriously, what a treat it is to host Kathleen on the podcast. <laughs> I have been a Kathleen Robertson fan for years, all the way back to her Maniac Mansion days and then to her time as Claire on Beverly Hills 90210, to her scene-stealing turns in the Vancouver shot Bates Motel, Boss, Northern Rescue, and Murder in the First. And I can't wait to watch her do her thing in the final season of The Expanse, which I have been saving up to binge when I need to get lost in some top drawer sci-fi. What I've loved about Kathleen as an actor is that she's so fucking versatile. She's funny, she sparkles, she can slay you with a single look, she will rip your heart out and stomp on it, and you, as the viewer, will thank her for it. Not every actor can do that, but Kath Kathleen can. Kathleen does. You know what else not every actor can do? Write, produce, run a whole gosh dang show. And <laughs> Kathleen Robertson is doing that now too. Most notably with the new Roku series, Swimming with Sharks. The dark thriller is a reimagining of the 1994 film of the same title about a Hollywood assistant who turns the tables on an abusive boss. But this time, the Hollywood assistant and the abusive boss are women. Yes, women! Played by Kiernan Shipka and Diane Kruger, respectively. Donald Sutherland, Thomas Decker, Finn Jones, Erica Alexander, Ross Butler, and Gerardo Salasco also make appearances, as does Kathleen herself. So today I want to talk about reinvention, especially as women in an industry that doesn't always welcome us expanding into new roles. I want to give Kathleen our signature origin story treatment because I want to know where she's going to take us all next. Kathleen Robertson, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. That was quite an intro. <laughs> I love it. I love it, it. All true, right? Like I didn't, I didn't like, like all pretty true. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, how do you, how do you describe yourself and how do you see yourself right now in this moment? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> we all can relate to that. Um, yes, I'm, I'm tired, but it's, but it's a good tired. Um, I just got back from South by Southwest where we premiered the show, which was really, really incredible. Um, and yeah, like just kind of the next little chunk of time is all sort of about doing press for the show and, kind of getting 
getting the word out about, about it. And, uh, yeah, just lots of stuff going on, working, um, writing a movie right now for Paramount and, um, just busy, 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 busy. How do you, as far as my need to stick labels on you, how do you describe yourself or how do you see yourself? You know, are you an actress who writes and produces and show runs? Like, is there, or is there a term that encompasses all it is that you do? Um, it's funny. Like the one thing I feel like has really been interesting about, um, you know, I've been an actress since I was 10, which is crazy. And I've always sort of, identified as being an actor and that's kind of what I've, you know, what I've always sort of thought of myself as being for the longest time. And, um, I've always written, but never, you know, always would sort of write things and put them away and not really let anyone read them. And, and then, um, after I had my first child, I kind of started doing it more, seriously and sort of started letting people read things that I'd written. And so, um, I started sort of professionally writing, um, gosh, I guess about maybe seven years ago. Hmm. And the minute I started writing and selling stuff and working as a writer, everybody instinctively was like, Oh, you're a writer now. Uh, no, I'm still an actor. Um, but it's like a weird thing. And I guess it's just, it is that thing of labels. Like people love to be like, well, what are like people, people are fascinated by the fact that I am an actor and I work as an actor, but then I also have this completely separate sort of separate career, um, as a writer and as a, you know, producer and now showrunner, um, but it doesn't mean that I don't still love acting and I still do act. Um, but it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's like people instinctively are like, Oh, like talking about the transition from one to the other, as opposed to viewing it more holistically as like, it's not about one versus the other. It's about everything, you know? That's why I like to use the word like expanding into other territories, right? Because when you're expanding, yeah. you're, you're still standing your ground where you yes. originally were. I'm yeah. curious, you know, um, as a mother myself who kind of went through a, a reinvention process, uh, or maybe it was a fearlessness process, I'm not even sure, when I had my daughter, um, yeah. what, what do you think it was about becoming a parent that made you be like, okay, I'm going to share my writing with people. I'm going to, going to, going to, you know, bring people into these words that I'm, that I've written. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I think it, it, it came from, for me also the reality of being, a, you know, as much as there's so much incredible progress and we've never been in, you know, a better moment in time for women in this industry. Um, it still is very much a reality that as you get older as a woman, there just aren't as many roles. And so I always was sort of like in the back of my mind, like preparing for that, like, Oh my gosh, you know, like this isn't always going to be going from set to set to set to set. Like there will come a day when I'll be 
going, what, what am, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, and I think I also was really aware of like the lifestyle and the fact that, um, you know, I thought, well, I, you know, I have a child now, I have two kids now, but you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to go to Bulgaria and do a movie. I don't want to go to Chicago for four months and be in a hotel with, with my kids. Like I just, and I always sort of marvel, I still marvel at how like people manage to do it. It's so difficult, you know, as a parent to be living the vagabond sort of artist actor lifestyle where you're just like, Oh, I'm going off here for a month or two months and here and here, especially when your kids are in school, it becomes really, really challenging. So I think that was part of it. I just sort of thought, okay, well, I kind of want to be behind the scenes in my sweatpants, just working. Sweatpants are amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was like, that was always like the goal, you know? The goal is the sweatpants, yes. 100%. And still be creative, right? Because as a writer, yeah. you get to create universes. You get to move people around scenarios and yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. And you get to wear your sweatpants. Yeah. Okay. That is, that's right. Okay, so I'm going to put a pin in Swimming with Sharks. Um, I'm putting a pin in you as a writer because uh, I want to go back. Although I guess maybe not completely because you've always been a storyteller. I want to go back in time to your childhood. Uh, you said that you've been in the business since you were 10 years old. Bring me back to who were you? What were you like when you were 10? And like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it was weird. I mean, I, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, nobody in my family was in the entertainment industry. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad uh, was, an, was an interior designer. And I had two older sisters. And I just always kind of wanted to be... It's weird, you know, now that I have... I have a 13-year-old and he always asks me that question too. Like, how did you know it, you know, when you were so young that you wanted to be an actor? And it is a bit of a weird thing. I don't know. Um, I don't know really where it came from, but I just always knew that I wanted to be an actor. Mm. It was kind of always the thing I was, I was most interested in and always sort of interested in just um, being in that world. And I harassed my parents like to, you know, to do it. And they had no idea how on earth, you know, they would be able to help me make that possible living in Hamilton. And, mm. um, I started doing, you know, plays and things like that. And then, um, I auditioned, there was like an open casting call for a movie for the national film board. And I auditioned for it and got the, the role and then that sort of led to getting an agent and sort of that was kind of the beginning of it all. But wait, your first project was NFB, like true nostalgic CanCon. Wow. Yeah. And That's it was amazing. Yeah, it was a movie called Left Out. And um, my niece told me that they still show it in schools today, which is crazy to me. Um, it was it was like an educational NFB movie about this girl this young girl who uh, couldn't afford to go on the school trip to Quebec city. Okay. And it was about, and her dad didn't have a job and he had been laid off and they, I mean, it was essentially, you know, it was essentially this kind of little heartbreaking, beautiful little movie about sort of teaching kids that 
we don't all have what others have and that some kids have less than other kids and that that's okay. And that it doesn't mean the parents don't love them any less. And um, yeah, that was my first, that was my first acting job. And what did it feel like, you know, to be, on set, you know, and, and I know in the NFB, my, my uncle was an executive producer there for years. Oh, wow. And we're not, we're not talking like, you know, you probably didn't have a, a big trailer and, um, you know, a big crew and stuff, oh, you know, no. but you're still, there's the magic of filmmaking that you were part of, you know, so what, what do you remember fr- from how you felt when you were making that film? Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like I was just hooked like right away. Like just again, like even the, even the, just the specificity of being from Hamilton living on the East mountain and going into Toronto, like that feeling of being in the big city and being on a set with people who were living in Toronto felt so kind of um, foreign to me and kind of exotic and glamorous. And, you know, it's just, it's so different from, from Hamilton and, and, you know, and it still is, but, um, but yeah, I just remember being kind of like immediately intoxicated with being on a set and just the feeling of all of these interesting people and these creative people and everybody had something that they were responsible for and they were passionate about, you know, whether it was props or makeup or wardrobe or lighting and, and just kind of being like, Oh yeah, this is where I want to be. I love this. Oh, that is, that's amazing. And then were you, so were your parents happy that you'd found your thing or were they, were they like, uh Oh, I think they were, uh-oh. she found her thing. <laughs> I think they're still, uh Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think, um, I think my parents were kind of naturally terrified that I wanted to, to do this and embark on this, knowing that it's, you know, it's such a difficult, it's such a difficult um, industry. And um, especially when I moved to Los Angeles, you know, I was mm. so young. I was like 19 when I moved and didn't have a green card and didn't know anybody and just kind of went and, just sort of thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try and see what happens. And I think they were, you know, I think they were naturally quite terrified for yeah. me. Yeah. As I would, as I would be for my son, you know. Yeah. So when you first started out, then what kind of career did you want, and how is that different from what you want now? Huh. It's an interesting question. Um, I wanted to be. Jodie Foster. Mm. Like that's who I remember being kind of obsessed with. Yeah. I was obsessed with her. Um, I was obsessed with sort of her energy and the fact that she wasn't sort of, you know, she didn't sort of play on the sort of um, her sexuality and the glam. And like, she was a little bit more kind of tough and punk rock. And, and, you know, she also was a director and, and I always sort of like, she was kind of my, she was the, the, the person that I sort of thought, oh yeah, I would love to have a career like her. Um, and yeah, I never, it's, it's weird. I mean, I was on Nana Chihuahua, which is like the biggest, which was the biggest show at that time. And, um, but I always, even on that show, always felt kind of like, an imposter, you know, I always felt like the outsider. I always felt like the little Hamilton blue collar girl that was kind of like weird and had weird hair and was like, 
I never really felt like I fit into that space or that world. Um, and I've always kind of felt that way with like, you know, there's that's sort of part of the, part of the theme of swimming with sharks is that as well. It's like a girl from a small town that kind of goes to this world that she sort of feels like she doesn't really have any business being in. Hmm. Um, and I've always kind of felt a little bit like that. Like it's just like my, my roots, like my Hamilton roots. Yeah. Still kind of who I, that's, that's how I identify, you know, has that served you at all that, that feeling of being, the, the the girl from Hamilton, the other, the, you know, the blue collar. I'm, I grew up, I spent my teen years in Newmarket. So I, I'm familiar with, with uh, Hamilton yeah. um, and, and kind of what the images that it evokes for, for me, you know, but is there any way that that has been to your benefit, those feelings? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel like it, I feel like it definitely, um, it definitely shaped kind of, my work ethic and it definitely shaped sort of my perspective and the choices that I've made over the years, for sure. It feels like very, and it's sort of a hard thing to explain unless you've, you know, it's like, it's just, it's a, it's a specific energy. Like there's a, um, there's kind of like a toughness to it. Like, that's just like, yeah. That's the opposite of Hollywood. Yeah. I could see you then, like, you know, being on 90210, feeling that way, but then having, like, the Hamilton in you protecting yeah. you in, totally. in L.A., in Hollywood. That's, <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I would be remiss, because uh, I feel like we've skipped this, and I want to talk a little bit about Maniac Mansion, because I love oh, Maniac Mansion. Uh, you watched it on YTV? I did, like, back in yeah. the... I was, yeah. I, was uh, I, I grew I was born in 79 so this was absolutely in my in yeah my yeah yeah in high school with Avi Phillips as well he was in the acting no way yeah. oh my gosh that's so yeah. funny so um totally in my wheelhouse and one of the cool things about Maniac Mansion when I when I went back to you know to, to be like I, I I seem to remember like that like there are a lot of people on that show everybody all of these icons on the show all the time you yeah. and then you had Joe Flaherty as at the at the head of it how did that like, what did you learn doing that show? How did doing that show, you know, change you and kind of help, like, you know, help you along on your journey? Yeah, it was really, it was like, it was such an incredible experience. Um, and I did that show all through high school. Um, and we did a ton, I mean, we did like 70 episodes. It was a ton, we did a ton of episodes. Um, and yeah, it was incredible training ground for me. I mean, it was very much every episode they would come to me and say, okay, this week you're doing Juliet Lewis and Cape Fear. And, you know, I'd have to watch the movie and really like get down the mannerisms and the way she held herself and the, the braces and the wig and, you know, and then it would be like this week you're doing Madonna and we're going to do a parody of the Vogue video. And so I'd have to, examine it and watch every, you know, every week it was kind of like a new challenge. Um, and so it was very, very much just kind of a one-off experience. Like I've never done anything since. Yeah. It was like that where it was like every week it was essentially playing a different, a different role. 
playing a different role. And then you have all those SCTV, you know, icons, yeah. you know, and they're We're like, so good at it. Yeah. So good at it. Yeah. What did you learn? I mean, because, you know, <laughs> the Canadian star system, very different animal from what you experienced, oh, yeah. you know, and so you were there with, you know, some of our biggest stars uh, who are icons, but who might yeah. not act or behave how we think stars in other countries. Do you like, like, what did you learn about like fame and what it means to be a successful actor, you know, working in that environment with those people? I mean, I think again, it was, it was like a culture shock for me when I did go to Los Angeles because I had been just a working actor. And I think yeah. there is such a different, I mean, the joke used to be, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's a little different now, but the joke always was sort of like, there is no star system in Canada. Like there are no stars. It's just, you're either a working actor or you're not. And um, when I moved to LA, I mean, I had a resume that was like, filled with just stuff you know yeah. and I remember people being like oh my god like how have you worked so much and done so many movies and so many different tv shows and but you're not famous you know mm -hmm. you're just an actor and I think that's also been like a huge part of my um like I never my husband always jokes about that like no matter what I'm doing or where I'm at like I'm always kind of just like I never, ever feel, I always sort of feel like I'm still kind of just starting out. Mm. Kind of scrappy starting out, like haven't really, you know, um, as opposed to sort of, I never have ever felt that, I've never felt like I can exhale and just be like, oh yeah, okay. So I've, I'm, you know, I've made it or I've done something that I view as being like, oh yeah, I've reached yeah. a certain level. Like I never feel that way. I always feel like I'm just starting from scratch. I, I wonder though, like, you know, cause I, I mean, I am just obsessed with artists. I love artists. I love storytellers. I love actors. I love writers. And I just, I wonder if you didn't have that need to continue to tell stories and to act and stuff. Like if you would, like if you would feel good, you know, and yeah. it's like that, that need to be like, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing like, maybe that is the thing that, that actually propels you forward. Yeah. I yeah. think so. It's like yeah. I think so for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so of all, you know, and we are getting to swimming with sharks. It's, it's swimming there. It's got a pin in it. We're getting to it. Um, you know, but, but, you know, of all the, like, looking back at your, you mentioned very long list of roles and stuff. What are some of the roles that, that are particularly, like, beloved to you? Where you either, like, you learned a lot or you just had a great time or, or you did something that you, you never thought that you could possibly do? Hmm. I think for me, the best experience that I had was um, a show called Boss mm. that I did with Kelsey Grammer and Connie Nielsen. And it was in the States. It was on um, Stars. I'm not sure where it aired in Canada. Um, maybe the, I'm not sure actually where it aired in Canada. Um but that was for me creatively, it was Gus Van Sant um, directed it and produced it. And um, it was just kind of, uh, again, it came to me, it came to me when I was um, right after I'd had uh, William, my first child. And um, 
And it was just kind of, the writing was just sort of next level. It was such mm. a good, 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 good show. And, um, and it was such a great role. It was just such a kind of complex, all over the map, um, presented as one thing, you know, presented as really strong and really, really sort of um, meticulous and articulate and uh, capable, but then, you know, sort of her inner world was much messier and, and it was just a great, it was just a great role. That was, that was probably for me, like just from a purely kind of acting role, that was probably, that was probably my favorite. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's Kitty, right? Yeah. Kitty O'Neill. What about, okay. So, and like, remember, I have not watched the final season of The Expanse yet. Oh yeah. However, I won't, I won't, I won't give you Don't any spoil it. it, it Cause it's, it is like the best sci-fi that is out there today. But what is the, the kind of fun of playing in the sci-fi genre, you know, and playing in the world of genre, you know, and what do you think that like audiences would be surprised to know about creating in that space? It's interesting. I haven't done a lot of it. I've only, the only sort of sci-fi that I've, I mean, Expanse was definitely sort of the first true sci-fi I'd ever done. I did a mini series that actually shot in Vancouver um, called Tin Man. That was a re-envisioning of uh, the Wizard of Oz with Zoe Deschanel. And that was considered sci-fi. I don't really know why it didn't feel sci-fi to me, but um, (laughs) other than those two, I've never, that's my only, it's my only experience I've had in the sci-fi space. And it's, I mean, the expanse in particular was definitely sort of a little daunting to go on to because it is so beloved. And I feel like the fans are so obsessed with it. And that Mm -hmm. dialect, I mean, that belter dialect that I had to do, I was very (laughs) nervous. I was like, oh my God, am I just going to botch this? Um, So I had to work with the dialect coach and really like feel good about it before I, before I could, you know, I could attempt it, but, um, but yeah, no, it was cool. It was really cool. It was very different for me. I've never done anything like, like the expanse before. So it was, it was really fun to do it. And it was their last season. So it was kind of bittersweet for all of them, you know, and to, yeah. able to come in sort of and become a part of a show on its last season is its own interesting thing as well, but they were all fabulous. And yeah, I cool. love to wow. hear that. I'm saving it. Yeah. Like my husband's, cause my husband's watched it and he's like, when are you going to watch? We could talk about it. I'm like, I'm not ready. I just, I need yeah. to, I, I need to have the emotional space to sit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause uh, yeah, I am one of those fans who takes that stuff uh, seriously, Kathleen. Okay. Yeah. Taking the pin out of the shark now. Um, swimming with sharks. So what was it about this particular story that made you want to go all in? Did you ever see the original film? Yes. Okay. So the original film, which was 94, um, was for, for people that don't know. So the original movie was with Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. And Frank Whaley. And um, it was really kind of one of those um, movies about sort of the flip side of what it is to work in the entertainment industry that really resonated with people in the business. Mm-hmm. Um it was rumored at the time that it was about Scott Rudin, the producer, Scott Rudin, who my husband worked for. Mm. Um, when I met my husband, he was working for Rudin. So, um, and it was very much 
that the original film was very much inspired by um, the writer's experience working for him. Yeah. Um, and at the time that movie was like a big, and still even to this day, like people still reference that movie. Um, and so I thought that, so I was working with Lionsgate on another project and they, they just brought it to me and said, you know, would you ever be interested in re-envisioning Swimming with Sharks as a TV show? Um, and I said, I don't know. And I kind of thought about it and I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like, what is there really more to say about that world and Hollywood? And then I thought, well, if I could do it about two women, mm. then I, then I feel like I would have something to say because I've certainly been again, you know, in the industry for so many years and I've seen things and heard things and felt things and been a part of things over the years that I've been just like, this is insane. I mean, this world is insane. And so I felt like I definitely had things to say. And I certainly had things to say from a female perspective. And so, um, so yeah, it was very much kind of like, you know, I just said, if, you know, if, if I can do it and it can be a female story and, um, and ultimately sort of, um, it's kind of ultimately a bit of a weird love story about these two women who um, grew up in, um, I mean, it's, it's very much, it's very sort of inspired by, again, my, my sort of beginnings, which is, you know, it's, it's about both of the women, both Diane Kruger's character and, and Kiernan's character are um, from small towns. Mm moved to Hollywood when they were very young was sort of like the idea of what they thought it would be um, fed that kind of thing of the dream factory and then realized very quickly that, Oh, this is a very, this is a very kind of dark and scary place um, mm. in, a real, in a real way. And so um, that was kind of the jumping off point for it, for me. And then it really just became more about, these women and this relationship and their story as opposed to Hollywood and the world of Hollywood, because that's sort of the least interesting part of the story for me. It's really more about their place in it. So I'm, I, and I don't want to get into spoilers because I also, I want people to go on the, go on the journey, but you know, can, can you, can you speak to like, how does the fact that these are, are women characters, uh, impact or change the original story you know like because it doesn't sound like it was a case of oh, okay we're just going to take what the original story was and then we're just going to gender swap you know like it's so like like in what ways do we see you know what it means to be a woman you know in the industry like reflected in in the series um yeah it's definitely not the only similarity to the original film is just the title and the world. Um, yeah. it's, it's really, there's no similarities in terms of the story. Um, but I think, you know, for, for Diane's character, I mean, she's a woman who's a CEO of a major um, movie studio. I mean, even to this day, there's really hardly any. There's like a few, maybe. It's really very much a boys club um, still. And um, women sort of coming up in the system always sort of had to be almost more hardcore than, than the men to even sort of survive in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it's very much an examination, too, of 
a woman of Diane's generation and a young woman starting out. And the differences too, in terms of the things that are acceptable now versus the things that would have been acceptable for, for a woman 15 years ago. I mean, it's night and day. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it really does. Like, I feel like we could talk about that for a whole, you know, like that whole thing of just how different it is for a young woman coming up now versus like when I came up. When we say different, like are we talking about safer? Like, cause that's, you know, I. Yes. 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 The things that sort of, the things that sort of I experienced coming up would never, um, would never be allowed to happen now. That person would be fired. That person would be, would be called out. It just, you know, all the stories, the Harvey Weinsteins, the what it's like, it's all true. And it all sort of every actor I know, you know, we've, we all talk, everybody's been through their experiences. And I think, you know, like, like Kiernan and I, you know, Kiernan, who's 21, um, even just watching sort of the way, like when she had to do scenes that involved any sort of sexuality, like the way that now we implement an intimacy coordinator and how great that is that like everybody feels safe. Nobody does anything they don't feel comfortable with. Um, It's great for the actors, but it's also great for the directors. It's great for everybody because it's just, it cuts out all that sort of muckiness and weirdness where people feel awkward and uncomfortable because let's face it. I don't want to be, you know, I'm married. I have two kids. Like if I have to do a sex scene with somebody, that's kind of, it's really hard. Yeah. And no one really talks about that stuff, you know, yeah. but it's like really uncomfortable and really hard. And so to have now like this new way of doing it and this new language, it's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of going off topic. That's sort of a separate topic, but. but that's just- what we do on this podcast. You know, and I, I find like, I find it also interesting because you do have, I mean, you have the young women that are, that are or people who are new to the industry. Yeah. And then the rest of us, who, you know, have been around for a long time and trying to get used to whatever the new normal is, you know, and yet the people who are coming in, they never had to know the old normal. No. So then there's an opportunity for learning from, from both. For sure. For sure. I mean, some of it, like Kiernan and I would chat about stuff and I would tell her stories about things like that I went through when I was 21 and on location or whatnot. And she just, couldn't be, you know, just couldn't believe that that kind of stuff was just like commonplace. Yeah. And it really was, it was always just kind of like, well, it is just is what it is. It's part of being an actor. It's part of being a woman and you just kind of just roll with it. And <sighs> yeah. yeah, we were, we are all, we were all complicit in it, even just by our acceptance of it. Right. Um, complicit in rape culture, com- complicit in, you know, just by, just by accepting. Oh no, that is, this is something we do talk about a lot on this, on this podcast. And (laughs) we believe women always. So what is, what is swimming with sharks? What does this tell us about the kind of stories that you want to be telling moving forward? Well, I definitely, I mean, all of the stuff that I'm working on right now, all is um, very, female driven, very, you know, my goal always is to sort of subvert people's ideas of maybe what it is to be female and to have Mm. female experiences. I mean, I think, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to sort of be drawn to things that are a little less um, light and fluffy and fun. And I tend to be dra- drawn to things that are a little more complex and weird. Um, I get that about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always kind of been my interest. Yeah. It's way more interesting than anything that's yeah. cookie cutter, right? Like take us yeah. into, cause also it's, it's clear you contain multitudes. Like there's a lot going on there. So you have a lot to mine from clearly. Yeah. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I try. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's successful or not, but I try. Yeah. What about show running? Like, is this something that you want to do more of? I do for sure. Um, it was, it was like a huge goal of mine, you know, like over the past few years, like I've been writing tons of stuff and, and working for other people and, and developing things. And, you know, I always was like, I really want to show run my own show. Like that was kind of the dream. It was like, I would die to do that. And all my friends who were showrunners would all say, why would you ever want to do it? It's the hardest thing in the world and it's so exhaust like you know it's so exhausting and it's so brutal and so now that i've done it i do understand what they mean it is incredibly intense and it's it's i mean even you know i'm still working on it um after all these years but um but i love it like it's just it's so kind of it's so rewarding to you know to sort of have like a little tiny weird idea and take that and then turn it into something where you're at a film festival and there's, Mm. you know, it's done and it's out there and people are liking it and responding to it. And it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool feeling and it definitely, um, I definitely feel like too, like just because I've been an actor for so many years that it, you know, it sort of feels to me like, it was a natural progression for me, even yeah. though it certainly wasn't something that was um, easy. It didn't come to me easily. It wasn't handed to me easily. Mm-hmm. It was very much something I had to like fight to make happen. But, um, but it feels, it feels really good, but it also feels really good working on it. Like just being an actor for hire and going and doing the expanse. That feels yeah. really good too. You don't have to choose. You could do it all. You're an artist. You're a storyteller. Yeah. Do it all. <laughs> okay. We started with time travel. I want to, I want to end with some time travel. Um, cause I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a sci-fi nerd. I don't know if you've gotten that yet, but I'm total yes. nerd. So if you could go back in time to, to you at 10 years old and you're able to give yourself some career advice that would make the road ahead little smoother what would you say or would you not say anything at all hmm. oh my gosh it's hard question. I know. <laughs> like to have one i like to have a real stumper and with a stumper i think just like i would probably just say you're enough That's beautiful. Yeah. I don't know why I got so emotional there too. You were talking to past you, but it's like, we don't say that enough to ourselves. Yeah. As adult women, right? No, I know. I think it's like, we're, 
we're so we're all just like, you know, like the rise and grind culture. And it's yeah. just so like, go, 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 go. And I think that I've certainly been a product of that. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I'm like, where I'm at in terms of like, I'm trying to really work to be like a little more, to be less hard charging in that way. And to just mm. be like, we are enough as we are. We don't always have to be, more, 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 go, 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 you know, um, I'm trying to simplify my life a little bit. Hmm. Those are, those are wonderful, wonderful words and wonderful goals for, for everybody. Kathleen Robertson, you're just a fucking delight. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. you. I loved your questions. It's like, you get asked the same questions over and over and over and over and over again. It's <laughs> nice to be actually ask interesting questions. You know? Have a conversation. That's what we. That's what we love to. Yeah. We love to do here. Um, yes. And I, I. also. I want to be part of helping to build our star system because I do yeah. believe in the stars in this country. For so sure. where can our listeners find you? Follow you? Celebrate you on the social media? I am on Instagram. Um, and I am on Twitter, Kathleen Robert Seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Were there six other ones, and then you got you got that's seven? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I, I actually don't know why that's my. I don't remember why that was. I feel like it was that other people had bought my thing. <gasps> Bastards. Yeah. Bastards. I can't that's believe weird. that. Know, That's awful. Weird. Oh, and we should also say, what, so where can people find Swimming with Sharks? So Swimming with Sharks is um, April 15th on the Roku channel. Yay. Fantastic. All right, everybody, you watch it, then you tweet at Kathleen. <laughs> Like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. Find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. I am the only one to blame. And it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Firminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Firminger Devil, poor, poor, not Firminger Dane, for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? 
That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.